As the old adage goes, in the midst of every crisis lies great opportunity. That is certainly the view among many real estate investors seeking to deliver higher octane returns against a backdrop of global economic uncertainties. Our view is that we really need to be getting ready now. We need to be prepared, we need to have the capital committed now so that we can respond to those opportunities as and when they emerge. I'm Ed Whittaker and a warm welcome to the podcast, the podcast from Patrizia, the leading investment manager and partner in global real assets. In this special episode of the podcast recorded live at MIPIM in Cannes, we sit down with Paul Hampton, Patrizia's head of international funds and one of the architects of the company's long-established track record in the value-add space. With value creation on everyone's lips at the conference, we explore why the conditions are just right for investors pivoting to strategies higher up the risk curve. Let's join the conversation. So Paul, we're recording this episode live at MIPIM, where the focus on performance is obviously front of mind for investors. Looking at the macro picture, what are some of the mega trends that are making value-add strategies particularly attractive as we enter a new property cycle? Yes, it's a really interesting question. And I think I would try and categorise the mega trends in two ways. I think I would say the first is loan expirations and the second is what I describe as the capex mountain that we're facing in Europe at the moment. In terms of the the loan expirations, I think there there are various statistics out there at the moment, but one of the more compelling uh, or interesting statistics I've seen recently was from the Bears Business School, um, which has suggested over the next couple of years there are around £75 billion of commercial mortgages that are up for expiry. And when you think about the extent to which interest costs are increasing or will be increasing, it's quite frightening. And that's just the commercial side of things. On the the capex mountain, the issue there is very simply, investors have come into real estate over the course of the last five, six years, in many cases, to pursue a leveraged beta strategy where they haven't really been managing or investing into that real estate. And at the same time, we've seen the explosion of the ESG agenda. Those two things are now coming to the fore, and I think we're going to be a big driver of strategy going forward. And, and I think really a combination of concern over the loan expiries how interest is going to be affordable going forward, together with the realisation, the start realisation that real estate hasn't been invested in and it now needs to be invested in, is going to result in a lot of investors looking to sell, looking to liquidate their positions and almost certainly overreact. Um, and, and, and that's really the, the, the sort of two things that we've got a very watchful eye on at the moment. And then I guess the, the question on, on everyone's mind at the moment how are we judging fair value in today's market? This takes me back a little bit to, to 2008 9 when, of course, we had the, the global financial crisis when everyone was turning around looking at, at what fair value was at that point. I think if you fast forward to where we are today, actually, I think many of the answers are the same. And I think what was missing back in the, in the run-up to the global financial crisis was an appreciation for the occupier and an appreciation for where rents were at that point and where rents could go going forward. Really, in many ways, the occupier was the forgotten part of the equation. I think where we stand today, it's not quite the same. I wouldn't say the occupier has been completely forgotten, but I think the secret to understanding fair value going forward 
comes down to really understand the real estate and the users and the occupiers of that real estate. I think if you get that part of the equation right, then you're much less likely to see issues going forward. Now, all of that said, I think what we've been doing as a house is, is working working hard with our investment strategy and research team to try and put together a forecast model based upon not only that appreciation for the rental cycles that we've been through, but also looking at the relationship obviously between property cap rates and, and fixed income and, and, and guilt rates. And that's been, been a very insightful way of, of trying to make sense of the craziness that's going on at the moment. So we're operating in a post-COVID world with many headwinds. From a timing perspective, why should investors commit to higher risk strategies now instead of waiting 12 or 18 months for markets to stabilise? Yeah, again, I mean, the timing point is, it is an interesting one. I mean, clearly none of us have a crystal ball. But I think a few of us have been through this before. And, you know, I was reflecting on earlier today the capital raising exercise that we went through with Trans-European 5, which was a fund that closed in 2012. So we were on the road, we were marketing in the immediate aftermath of the global financial crisis. And it took a lot of time to convince investors of the opportunity. Investors were understandably retreating to their domestic markets, very, very cautious. Of course, they were also trying to understand their existing portfolios. And we're seeing a lot of that today as we, as we start this new cycle. So I think you know our job is to give investors that reassurance that we've been here before, we've seen this, and now is the time to be preparing. Your point about timing is, is interesting because I think one of the beauties of Europe is nothing happens all at the same time. You know, at the end of last year, we saw the UK market respond really quite violently. We, we had about a 20% reduction or 20% uh, negative return in the MSCI index. That wasn't the same in Europe. There was a reduction, but it was much, much shallower than that. But I think we're going to continue to see value reductions across Europe over the course of this year. So different markets, different countries, I think, will move at different paces and the opportunity will emerge at different times. But when you put all that together, our view is that we really need to be getting ready now we need to be prepared, we need to have the capital committed now so that we can respond to those opportunities as and when they emerge. You've touched on kind of the performance element there, but having the right strategy or programme in place is obviously fundamental in a more volatile market. Based on your experience, how would you approach portfolio construction to drive uh, maximum value for investors at the moment? Over the years, we've we've developed, I guess, two things. We've developed an income and growth approach to investing. And by that, I mean we we really have two sub-portfolios that sit within the main fund. One focuses on substantially income-producing investments or investments where we expect the majority of the return to come from income. And the other focuses on uh, investments where we expect the return to come from appreciation. The other thing that we focused on, which, which I think has served us well in the last uh, few fund iterations, is a much more thematic approach to investing. One of the benefits we have here at Patrizia is we have uh, an incredibly well-stocked research team, research and investment strategy team, data analysts, data scientists, and so on. And I think actually one of the lessons coming out of the global financial crisis was the benefit of combining that 
top-down knowledge what's happening in the global economy and how that's affecting Europe and how that's then feeding into the property markets together with the knowledge that we have across our teams in Europe is incredibly powerful. So I think insofar as portfolio construction is concerned, I think the income and growth side of things are very important. Also, I think continuing to pursue more thematic investment um, it is also going to be a big feature to how we go about investing. So obviously, a successful investment strategy has to start with the people, and particularly in the current climate with high volatility, what do you think will be uh, some of the key differentiators for a successful team? Well, look, I think you can easily summarise this, you know, experience and track record. I mean, that's what a lot of this comes down to. But I think actually, when you look behind that, I think what our investors are looking for is, is actually how a team has worked together through not just the good times, but tough times as well. And again, I go back to the, the Trans-European series. Trans-European 4 was a fund that launched back in 2007, so before the global financial crisis. And it started investing before the global financial crisis. And candidly, there were some investments that, that didn't work out uh, as we originally intended them to. But I think the strategy that we pursued, the way that we, we stuck together as a team and dealt with those challenging investments, I would say, arguably, carries more weight than a fund which was launched in a market which was appreciating quarter on quarter uh, and outperforming original targets. Both clearly have their place, but I think in the context of the team, one of the things I'm very proud of is the team has worked together for a, for a, for a number of years. I think the final thing I'd say is, is that there's often in these sort of discussions a lot of emphasis placed on the fund team. But I think the way we, we tend to, to run these strategies at, at Patrizia is really using the wide platform that we have. So it's not you know, the success of these funds, the way they turn out is not just a function of one or two people. It's the broad platform as well. Finally, as we enter a new property cycle, how important will a fully integrated asset management team be in driving value? I think it's critical. As I mentioned earlier, really the last five or six years, we saw a real, a real growth, a huge growth in liquidity in Europe, driven by a number of factors. But one of those factors, as I mentioned, was, was really the, the leverage beta. It wasn't about asset managing uh, your property. It was about exploiting the arbitrage between the cost of borrowing and, and the cap rate. That strategy has run its course, and we're now absolutely at the beginning of a new cycle. We are really looking to focus on investing in properties that have suffered from some degree of management neglect. And to be able to turn those properties around, you have to have good asset managers, you have to have aligned, you have to have focused asset managers, people who understand the occupier. And that really is as important because ultimately that's really the asset manager's client is the occupier of that building or those buildings. So I think having a team that has that capability, having a team that has that experience, that knowledge is going to be critical to, to driving return. How important is having a local team with boots on the ground for a value add strategy and particularly what obviously you want to and we want to achieve at Patrizia? I mean, for many years, we've had the benefit of those boots on the ground. So in a sense, it's difficult to answer because I've never been in a position where we haven't had that. So I can't really <laughs> tell you what that's like. But there's no, no doubt that, you know, as I say, one of, the, one of the beauties of Europe is different markets respond at different times. They all have their own idiosyncrasies. And, and what works in France 
doesn't necessarily work in the UK or in Spain or in Germany. And having those local teams who understand the culture, who understand how to negotiate, how to achieve what we need to achieve, it is incredibly important. It's much more difficult to do that if you're flying in from uh, several thousand miles away without that knowledge and understanding. Thank you to our guest for this special MIPIM edition of the podcast, Paul Hampton. And thank you for listening. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to head over to our website, patrizia.ag, to find out more. This podcast is produced by OG Podcasts. Find out more at ogpodcasts.co.uk.